0: Moot podcast, your chance to explore the connections between the way we live, the beliefs we hold and the world we're in. In this podcast recorded at the Mute Eucharist at the Chil- Guild Church of St Mary Aldermary. Ian Mobsby explores the theme of the Kingdom of God, drawing on Colossians chapter 1 and Luke chapter 10. This podcast was recorded on Sunday the 21st of July 2013. Gospel reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 10. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Mary has chosen the better part, which is, will not be taken away from her." The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we're going to have a proper sermon tonight, if to be glad to hear, or not, as the case may be. But I want to explore today um, something slightly different about these two texts, and it's around the idea of the Kingdom of God. So firstly, I want you to do a bit of work. What do we mean by the kingdom of God? And what is the lesson we can learn from Mary and Martha in how we learn to relate to the kingdom of God? So, first, if you want to get into twos, I'd like you to talk to one another for a few minutes about what do you think we mean as Christians when we talk about the kingdom of God? You're stunned. (laughs) What do we mean by the kingdom of God? Okay, off you go.
1: Well, we started this evening with the incredible words of Colossians and Paul's inspiring words about the nature of Jesus Christ and to quote Visible yet invisible Of heaven yet of earth Created yet mystically connected to God Connected to the church yet also separate from it Of shalom and peace yet also Of pain and the cross Formed of justice, mercy and love But comes at, at a painful cost We were estranged from it, yet through Christ the kingdom is given us as gift. And I suppose we start by understanding that the kingdom has the DNA of the values, dispositions and purposes of God. And in particular, that which was encountered in the person of Jesus Christ. So the kingdom is not easy to understand with the mind, but requires us to hold our heads and hearts in tension with faith. The kingdom then has the DNA of the nature of the Trinity, Creator, Redeemer and Companion, which we are invited to join in with. So as the Creator, Redeemer and Spirit are one in diversity, the Kingdom is called to be one in diversity. As God practices God's oneness in perfect love, inclusion and justice, so the Kingdom is a place of inclusion, love and justice. So what I hear you saying is the Kingdom for? Well, primarily it is God's. In fact, To be honest, I struggle a bit with the concept of the Kingdom when we think about human structures around monarchy. I think a better term that some use is the idea of the Kingdom. Kingdom. That is, a relational space, a place for the fulfilment of human lives in obedience to following the Holy Trinity. Jesus calls us friends of God, not slaves of some sort of hierarchical system, enslavement to God. God gave us room to love God because we choose to, not because we have to. Yes, our priorities, vision and hopes are reorientated, but this is by the power of love, not the might and fear of kings. So the kingdom is a place which is now but not fully yet. We live in a world and cosmos that is not yet free, that there is something non-benevolent in the universe that takes our life away, the DNA of the universe towards decay where the DNA of the kingdom is around the love of God and of restoration, of hope, of trust and care. Frederick Bruckner, the American theologian, sees the kingdom not as a place, but as a condition taking the Lord's prayer, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Drawing on the parables, he describes the kingdom as something you come across in moments of encounter of God, or when Christians are momentarily in a place that relates together and in resonance with God. Like finding a, a million dollars in a field, a jewel worth a king's ransom. It's like finding something you hated to lose and thought you would never find it again, an old keepsake, a stray sheep, a missing child. When the kingdom really comes, it's as if the thing you lo- you lost and thought you would never see again is yourself. So the kingdom, or kingdom is really basically a paradox. It therefore requires a non-dualistic response, that the Kingdom is present in our world, but also at the same time mystically other. Celtic Christians called it a thin place, where the Kingdom is, where heaven and earth come close. I have tangibly experienced this thin place in moments of justice, love, healing, peace and hope sharing. For example, I once went to the most incredible baptism in a run-down sea town in Kent. The town was full of various establishments for, for asylum seekers, a young juvenile offenders unit, a mental health residential unit and refuges, refuges for sex trafficking and battered women. In the middle of that town was a church, a charismatic evangelical church and an orientation that held a baptism that I was invited to. I had been invited to go as part of a dialogue between the Lutheran churches of Northern Europe and the Church of England as part of what was called the Vu Agreement. I might... Arrogance really did not want to go, but it was a moment of the kingdom of God. All those baptised were either in places of safety or serving a sentence. Families came together for a moment to celebrate baptism, sharing hope and the love of God as an exposed moment of the kingdom of God, which ended in the reality of people and families being broken up and where individuals had to return to their various institutions. There was such joy and hope in the middle of a stark reality of our world. It left me moved, joyful yet sad all at the same time. I had experienced the power of the kingdom. In the Gospel text for today we encounter Mary and Martha. Now the often said interpretation is that Mary and Martha reflect the activist, v the contemplative perspective. And it is easy to rubbish Martha for being a, a realist and activist and to claim that Mary as the contemplative was in the higher ground or better. The truth is is that we need to be non-dualistic with this story. We need to be both Mary and Martha. We are called to be what Richard Rohr would call contemplative activists, to prayerful action, prayer and reflection that leads to encounter and activity. We are not called to be either or, but both and. These are the marks, I believe, of a Christian seeking to inhabit the kingdom of catching up with what God is already doing. So what is the application? Well, sorry, it does all come back to our rhythm of life again. We need to be both serious in prayer and also in activity and encounter with God, as well as doing. Prayerful action. We need to be resourced by the mystery of having a deep spiritual life, nurtured and resourced by God, so that we as ordinary people can can be enabled to do extraordinary things. I have often thought what it would be like if the story of Mary and Martha was widened to be more realistic and take in a modern situation. So I actually think there should be three people, of Mary the contemplative; Martha the Activist, and Magna, the kind of cynical, can't be bothered post-secularist. Magna's life strategy would not be orientated around contemplation or activism, but around individualistic, consumptive gratification where Magda is the centre of her world and of meaning-making for her. In this situation, Mary and Martha have a similar worldview, where Magna is completely different. For Magna, life is about seeing the world as threat, That you only have so much energy so you must avoid commitments, sustain an island mentality that ensures your own well-being at a distance. The myth of independence. But at what cost? For Magna, the universe, is barren of God's presence and blessing. Conversely, Mary and Martha are hopeful of the kingdom. Rather than threat, the universe contains the presence and blessing of God. So their day, then, is full of abundance, not scarcity. Abundance of the kingdom, not absence. That day, that every day, contains everything that we need for us to flourish every day with God. Because every day contains everything we need out of the love of God. When I get fearful, and I have been quite depressed recently, I turn into Magna. But the challenge for me is not to see the world and my life through the lens of scarcity, but through the lens of Mary and Martha, of abundance, of the kingdom of God, which is about a condition of grace, of the blessing and love of God, born of hope, love, justice and inclusion in the now, but not fully yet, kingdom of God. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net.